Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast, the official podcast of Pineland, broadcasting to you from an undisclosed location deep inside Pineland, where we discuss faith, family, finances, firearms, freedom, food, and everything else in between with those who believe in living free and living out the values that made this country free. Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast. This is Paul LeFevre. I'm here with my Ranger buddy, Mike Blackburn. And it is Friday, the 10th of June, 2022. And uh, I'm not sure if everybody knows what happened uh, on the 6th of June, 78 years ago. Uh, but the Marines should know because they should eat their hearts out because it was the largest amphibious invasion in history. And it wasn't Marines that did it. Uh, it was June 6, <laughs> uh, 1944, the largest amphibious invasion in history. Uh, and, of course, there were a lot of rangers there. Darn right there was. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, Europe is a different place. America is different. Uh, anyway, I could go off on a long tangent and tell you how awesome America is because maybe a short tangent. But at the end of World <laughs> War II, we had more men and arms, more weapons, more bombers, more tanks. And instead of taking over the whole world... What we did is we rebuilt, uh, we forgave our enemies, we rebuilt our economies, and we became the world's watchdog. That could be right, wrong, or indifferent, but it's because America is good. And America is great because she's good. That's anyway, right. so uh, without further ado... We've, uh, we've got, it. We've got a, a, a guest ranger on today. We do, we do. Uh, we have uh, Rodney McDaniel. Uh, he is, uh, amongst other things, one heck of a mile American, a former ranger. Well, I guess you say once a ranger, always a ranger. That's right. But hey, welcome to the Pinelander podcast, Rodney. Hey, guys. This is great to be here. And I just want to say it's an honor and a privilege to be your your uh, your guest on your Silver Edition, because I think this is episode number 25, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, somewhere yes, around there. 26, something 26. like yeah. that. Yeah, the Silver Edition. Yeah, yeah. the Silver Edition. No, it's great to be here. Great to be here with, with you guys, for sure. Hey, Rodney, um, uh, because you know more about yourself than we do, uh, we wanted you to have the honor of introducing yourself. Oh, I appreciate that. No, and I, actually, uh, Mike may, may know some things, but I, I prefer him not to tell them. So we, we, <laughs> yeah. we, we, did, we did surf together for, for a good while back in the, hey. uh, back, back in the late 80s. That's right. Yeah, back you, in the day. Youthful indiscretion, Rodney. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but I'd, I'd be more than happy. Uh, I'm a, first and foremost. I'm a Christian. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a veteran. Um, I'm in business for myself, so um, self-employed. But yeah, yes, yeah, and I'm a, I'm an American, and and I love what you said on the on the introduction there, Paul. I mean, America is the greatest country on the face of the earth, and Amen. I've been in. I know you've been in a lot of countries. I've seen a lot of places in the world where, you know, things aren't ideal. Uh, it could, you know as we would say, or as, uh, you know, the litmus test that we hold everything to, um, you know, there's some tough places out there and we do have it good here. And I just hope that, you know, that that we all recognize just how good we do have it. We do, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I think, I think what, what I'd like to talk about, what do you want to talk about? Um, is really America is good. Okay. And America is great, but let's be honest. Uh, we have some challenges, Today, always do. 
And I think the one thing the three of us, and, and the reason we really kind of thought about doing this show today was because the three of us are, we, we have a lot in common. Uh, we've all served in uniform, our country. Uh, we've traveled abroad extensively. Um, all three of us are entrepreneurs. All three of us, more importantly, um, have been married for decades and uh, to the same woman once. Um, and all of us have raised children um, during these times. And it it seems to me, at least in my experience, and, I'm, and I, of course I want Paul and Rodney definitely to weigh in on this, but in my experience, it's, it's gotten more and more difficult to sort of maintain the sort of morals and values that I was brought up in. Uh, and today, I think as as parents, I think you almost have to be on guard even more, and you have yeah, to be absolutely. really in touch even more, and you have to really put in even more time, more effort, trying to maintain that sort of Americana, if if you will. Yeah, Mike, I think you're, you're dead on, brother. Uh, especially with the, you know, when I when we raised our kids, my kids are grown now; they're they're 25 and 30. <clears throat> but when we raised our kids, we did it with with some basic core principles and that's your beliefs, values, morals, and ethics. Um, and, and so we tried to do that the best we could, knowing that our kids are being influenced continuously. But I'll tell you, you know, just looking from, from the vantage point that I'm at now, I see the young kids and just how, um, how influenced they are by external influences that, that really aren't in alignment with, I think, the core American values. And I think that's a that's a big deal. I mean, it's it's tough. And you know, I, I really feel for the you know the parents of that are raising you know young kids, you know, currently because there are so many influences in their lives, and it's people you know whether it's teachers at school or you know other kids and you know classmates, um, you know the internet. My goodness, I mean, you know, we live in a time when we're starving for wisdom, drowning in information. Man, and that's, it's just, that's so true. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. is so true. It's this information overload. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, I love the internet. I mean, yeah. the internet is awesome. There's all kinds of just benefits from it, um, especially as an entrepreneur. My goodness, the internet has uh, enabled a lot of folks that otherwise, um, you know, to make a living, which otherwise would have difficulty yeah. making a living. Okay. Unknown, um, unknown. Entities. Yeah. The fact, yeah. the factory jobs aren't just, you know, they aren't there anymore. Um, so a lot of people utilize the internet, of course, to make a living and support their families. But for children, mm. way different ball game, trying to yeah, raise uh, children in, in the information age. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, to that point, Mike, I think, you know, one of the key things is you've got to, you've got to parent with courage these days and you've got to be, you've got to be courageous and willing to, to tell your kids, no, listen, your kids don't need a friend. They need a parent. Yes. And, absolutely. and I think that, I think a lot of us are missing that, you know, at the core, at the core of that is faith. I was thinking about this just the other night, you know, since, um, God, what was it? What was it? Um, 1962, I think was when the Supreme court ruled to take, um, you know, basically take prayer out of school. That's about and right. I think we, yeah. yeah, I think we've seen a, a steady decline over the decades, just in the, you know, the, the, the morality of, um, you know, of our young people and the fact that they're, they're raised with no belief system in, in a lot of cases. And it's just, it's, it's, that makes it even more difficult, more challenging. 
Absolutely. For hey, sure. And I, I, have, I can't resist but to say this, and uh, I'm not sure any of the seminary trained weirdos out there like me, but uh, one of the main, there's three uses of the law, as they would teach you in seminary. Uh, mm. The first use of the law, and I'm talking about the moral law, the ten, that's summarily comprehended in the Ten Commandments, but 613 distinct laws in the Mosaic uh, administration, which we have in our culture. Uh, my whole point is, uh, the first use of the law is to restrain wickedness. That's what it does. It gives you a standard of righteousness. It restrains wickedness. And just what right you on. said right there, when you take God's law systematically out, and I'm, I'm not going to start preaching here, don't worry. But when you take God's law systematically out of all of America's institutions, isn't it any wonder that we have these, these tr- sweeping changes? Yeah, no, no, yeah. One, no one has a foundation anymore. Exactly. And, yeah. and that's really, you know, so where you're at now is man's interpretation of right and wrong. Oh, boy. And that is just weird, yeah. okay, because all these things now that your kids are coming home with now that are right, right? They're being told that these things are right, that they're correct. Yeah. You know, we know better because they yeah. don't work, and they're not right. And, and so the question, you know, is asked is, well, how do you know? that that's right or wrong? Is it, is it yeah. just you said so? I mean, what gives you the authority over my teacher, for instance? You always get in that, too, with young kids. It's like, well, my dad says one thing and my teacher says another. I mean, who do I believe? Um, so you're in a constant sort of competition there with with uh, societal rights and wrongs, right? Societal's ideas of right and wrong. And the family, uh, what's right and wrong for the family, and, and, and that should come from God and from Scripture. Yes, yeah, so you're, yeah. you're right on, uh, Rodney. That is spot on, man. That's, uh, I mean, that was really uh, a demarcation. Once that happened, uh, you know, and, and people, I think, you're, you're, to your point, is that is probably the beginning of our woes. I mean, you could maybe back, a book, uh, back it up a little bit further, but that's, that's a big part of it. Yeah, uh, you know, I think, uh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, there's been a tremendous desensitization of, of you know, of Americans, of youth, and I think a lot of that. I always say that the large, you know, the biggest sewage line in um, in your county is that cable that comes from the telephone pole to your TV. <laughs> um, and I think there's a lot of influence, you know, there as well. So that's another another influencing factor on, yeah. you know, that really makes it difficult is that kids are just being bombarded with with information. One of the things I was thinking about the other day as well is, you know, just if you turn if you're watching network television. The commercials are constantly telling you that you're not driving the right car, yeah. uh, your hair your hair's not the right color, uh, you're not wearing the right shoes. I mean, it's just all those things. I mean, it's just like you're not good enough. You're not good enough, and I think that leads to kind of what Mike, you know, something I heard you say was that kids end up confused. They they don't know what to trust, and so confused <laughs> kids, yeah, confused kids do do weird things. That's um, so, so true. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, what, what, what have you done? I mean, what, what, have, what have you done, at least in your family, to try to make sure that, well, that you keep so, things grounded? Yeah, so a couple of things we did, you know, early on was is when, when we had our first, and um, that, that'd be our son, and, and that's been many years ago. You know, one of the things we said was we're not going to let him watch television until he learns how to read. Um, and so I think, you know, the, the point of that is is that, you know, I think we need to – we need to spend time with our kids. I think 
kids kids need you know good role models that are that are uh, you know living their faith. Uh, we so that's one thing is that you know we we try to to make sure that we were spending time with them, you know, reading to them, uh, working with them, you know, spent time. Time is the, the, the number one thing. And then, you know, the other thing is just um, making sure that we're, that we're open and, and good listeners, um, listening to the things that they're saying and making sure that we're guiding them or steering them in the right direction. And also, you know, church was a big part of our, our, uh, our kids' upbringing, you know, taking them to church and letting them be around other people that are like-minded that, you know, that have that belief system, um, that have, you know, morality that live their life ethically. Um, so that was, yeah, that's, that's kind of what we did. And, and, you know, we told our kids it was unpopular, but we didn't let our kids get cell phones until they were teenagers. Yeah. And it was, and that was tough, man. It's tough to say no. Right. Well, it is, especially today because I mean, um, you know, you said a couple things there that that uh, are difficult. Uh, one is uh, that TV serves as sort of a babysitter. Mm. The smartphone now has kind of taken that place as the babysitter, and yeah. you see a lot of kids. I mean, I'm just amazed at you know maybe I'm old school. I don't know, but I, mean, I see kids that are like really young on smartphones, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, you know, those things are small computers. I mean, they go everywhere, okay? Uh, you don't know what your yeah. kid's doing on there. and They'll be indoctrinated. They're, if, uh, you, you, you know, these kids are being groomed, yeah, and, absolutely. you know, these people that, you know, there's there's a lot, there's evil in the world. I'm sorry to say that. And these people know that, and they target your kids, and these electronic devices are really tough. But um, maybe for our generation, it wasn't that big a deal. I didn't grow up with a smartphone. So I, you know, I, I look at a kid and I go, why do you need a smartphone? I mean, I didn't have one of those. Um, but today the younger generations, it's almost like, you know, there's an expectation once you hit, I don't know, third, fourth grade that, you know, these kids are really looking for, Hey, my friend's got a smartphone. Why can't I get one? Well, and you know, I'd ask, I'd ask a different question. I'd ask a question, you know, to that point, And that is, is you know, why you have kids and and you've got these children that are in your care, um, and I always used to say, "Listen, our kids—they never belong to us. They were—they were ours for a season. You know, they were our responsibility to raise. You know, to raise right. And we 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 did what we we did the best that we did what we thought we should do. We did the best we could. We tried to do it with integrity, with honesty, um, courage, competence, commitment, candor. You know, the four C's. Uh, that was you know one of the things that we always. Uh, trying to instill in them, but you know, parents, you know, if if you cut kids and you're giving your kid a smartphone or a tablet or fill in the blanks uh, to occupy their time, is that for them or is that for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, w- one of the one of the princ- principles, you know, is. Um, uh, you know, know yourself, seek self-improvement, set the example in all things. Uh, to And to this one, you know, I'm, it's, it just, it blows me away that, um, you know, that kids or parents don't set the, a, a better example for their kids and they allow their kids to be raised by a smartphone or a, or a tablet because most of the parents are also on their smartphone and tablet. And so it's learned behavior or it seems to be. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's distracted. Yeah. 
Well, you said you said something else earlier, which I I I don't know. If, I don't know what your thoughts are, Paul, but like to me, I mean, you were talking about the importance of community in, in bringing your kids up. And I, and I can't help but just think about that sort of natural progression that children go through, which is, you know, you all of a sudden hit them teenage years. Right. And you know, mom and dad are stupid. They don't know anything. And I think that's where that community really comes in to sort of, you know, re emphasize the values that you, you know, you're trying to instill them because you're, you know, you're no longer cool. You know, they're, they're trying to separate themselves a bit. They're trying to become their own individuals. And I think it helps to have that community around you. That's that sort of has, you know, shares the same values and everything where it's like, okay, it's not just my uncool mom and dad. I mean, everybody kind of thinks the same way my parents do. So I think it helps. Rather than, you know, if they have a bunch of negative influences on them out there, which of course there are today, then you sort of get in this sort of battle where it's you versus, you know, society rather than sort of everybody on the same sheet of music. Is it, you guys understand what I'm saying on that or? Totally, totally. You're competing. I mean, that's what it seems like. I mean, it, or that's what I'm hearing, you know, is that you're competing with the world. So how do you, how do you do that? (laughs) Yeah. And we're, um, just to chime in here, I, I see that what we're doing is we're competing against the secularization of our country. Uh, mm. the, the defining, uh, one of the defining moments in this land was when we had, uh, you know, of course, our founding documents. Um, uh, you had those great charters prior to the Declaration. Uh, but all of our founding documents are saturated with biblical language. And For sure. Uh, they have, of course, that's why we say the Bible is the foundation of this land. It really is. You can, you can argue however you want. Uh, but what we're doing as, uh, parents is, is that example, like you said, you, uh, you, you lead by example. I mean, that's that the oldest, one of the, probably the oldest uh, axiomatic expressions of leadership that I guess is forgotten. And people just think, Oh, it's just too simple. No, you lead by example. And when the kids, the kids have to see, like, I think this is so important that kids, uh, at our church, I'm a pastor, and our kids uh, in worship, they don't go back to do their own worship. They worship with, along with the adults, with the congregation, so that they see mom and dad worship. They see everybody else worship. They see how it's supposed to go. They see mom and dad lead when they read and pray at the house and, and how uh, all of those important decisions they make, they're based off of what's right, what's really right. And I think right. that's... Uh, yeah, it's so important that we do that. That's one one great way that you pointed out that how you raise your kids and how you can ensure that it's going to take as you you give them examples. And, yeah, you know, yeah. And Paul, to that point, I mean, you know, so you know, there is no absolute, or there seems to be no absolute truth in the land. And I, I'm not not yeah. being a pessimist, I'm not being a pessimist, but no, that's you know, true. I look around and no, I just see this. Absolutely right. Yeah, I you see this. Your this, truth uh, is your truth, and that's not my truth, and. Well, yeah, and so yeah. that's called relativism. Yeah, so, exactly. so if it's if it's it might be good for you, but it's not good for me. It's good for me, but it's not good for you. And I'll be okay with what you do. And and there is no real sense of of absolute truth or what is truly right and what is truly wrong. And I think that that you know these these are the circumstances that lead to uh, you know shifting gears a little bit, but lead to you know kind of like what happened uh, in New- Uvalde, um, yeah. you know, just recently. I think, you know, here, here you have a troubled young man who, um, by all accounts, was raised in a single, you know, single parent home. Yeah. His mother, uh, I think, had, you know, ad- problems with addiction or 
whatever. I mean, you know, the news is still coming out on that. Um, but listen, there's no Mike to your point. There's no foundation there. So you know, the kid was picked on. He was bullied. Um, you know, he, there's no absolute truth there. Everything's relativistic, and and so you end up with a very confused young man at 18 years old with no community, no community there that's got his back. He has no good friends. He's got you know nobody to lean on. There's nobody that's helping him along or lifting him up encouraging him and that's one of the things that i think is is so missing in society you know just every it's like everybody's got a chip on their shoulder especially since i'm gonna say i'm gonna say the 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 five letter word covid you know ever since um ever since you know the lockdowns and whatnot i mean it just seems like a lot of people their mental health really suffered and i think that a, a consequence of that is are things like what we're seeing where people are acting out um, in a very unnatural way. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned the, the family environment and and you're right. The, the reports are looking like he had a challenging, uh, family dynamic going on to say the least. Um, and the other part of that was, uh, he would have been at a sort of crucial age, uh, during the lockdown. So he, um, all accounts, uh, that's kind of a pivotal age right in there. I remember I was a bonehead. I definitely needed some people smacking the back of my head. Um, mm. But he's not going to school. Uh, there was no school during that time. Um, no socialization going on other than uh, the sort of toxic family uh, environment that he was sort of stuck in. Um, and then when uh, reports are that I heard are when – uh, school resumed. Okay. When it was time to come back into that, uh, school system, uh, he just decided not to go. And there wasn't, any, and there wasn't anybody, you know, checking on him, caring about him, wondering where he was at, you know, or anything. So it just, it ended up just being a, a really just a, a combination of so many really horrible, uh, factors, uh, that really, yeah. you know, really contributed to that. But, um, yeah, absolutely. There's uh, there's societal ills that contribute to this. They're phenomenon. just they're just now yeah, the, realizing. But a big one is uh, the, the effects home. of yeah, exactly. Yeah. Big one's broken home. Big one. What's well, the like, big one? I mean, that's the no huge father one. figure. Uh, if you do statistics and you look at this, I mean, you, uh, I, I know you could chime in there too, Rodney. Is uh, yeah. there's no like magic Mail. bullet uh, profile for an active shooter. Right. But uh, yeah. you're going to, you, your chances of becoming an active shooter uh, grow exponentially if you have no dad in the home and you have a broken family. Yep. And, or, and then you're, uh, you're, you got some other issues going on. Well, yeah. Or maybe just, or, going or maybe even, you know, a math teacher, male math teacher that he has some kind of connection with, uh, you know, whatever type of male role model that he had going on. I mean, what pretty much just went away. You know, during that whole time. Yeah, and I, if I, I think if I can pick up what you're putting down here is you had a lot of people around this guy that just didn't give a rip. Absolutely. I mean, you're, yeah, talking yeah, parents, exactly. you're talking parents, adults around these people that just don't care. And then this guy does this thing. And then yeah. we try to we scratch our heads and try to figure it out. But, you know, because the love of many grows cold, there you go. Mm. You got all of this nonsense because people, more and more people just don't care. Well, you know, I think at the heart of me, I think of the soul, Paul, I think the soul is, is like uh, likened to a honeycomb. Um, and, and there's a void there. And, and everybody's going to try to fill that with something, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, and really it's, it's, it's and 
and I'll, I'll go there. It's, it's, it's God. It's, you know, the love of God. But I mean, you know, the, at the heart of the, the, yeah, yeah. At, at the heart of the human soul is we all seek companionship, friendship, yeah. fellowship, relationship. I mean, we need that. We're relational beings. We were created that way. What is the first thing that God said is not good? For us to be alone. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you've got somebody that's completely alone yeah. and, or, or, or seems or thinks that he's completely alone in the world yeah. because there's nobody there. He has no companionship, friendship, fellowship, relationship, and more importantly, love. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. somebody, there, there's nobody there loving him and he doesn't feel loved. And so therefore, um, you know, there's no consequences to your actions. And that's um, why, that, that's why I would just sound like a, you know, uh, you know, if you just uh, in like a broken record, and I would say the the only answer for all these problems is the gospel. That's it. Oh, absolutely. Every absolutely. single one of these ills. That's it. And not enough people care. And and of course, but that's just the big one. And then you know we yeah. could dissect all these other you know uh, you know symptoms, but that's really sure. what it is. It's America turning its back on God, and God gives us over to depravity. That's Romans one. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we're so, are we in a are we at a time are we are is America ready for a renaissance? Oh God. For a renaissance? And a reformation. And yeah. uh, uh reformation, let's see, revival. I can compound the R's. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, revolution. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah, with yeah. maybe a lowercase R. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> of yeah. sorts. Revolution yeah. means change. Exactly. Yeah, we need exactly. A, a great societal change. Yeah. Actually, there's a hunger out there. Oh yeah. No, yeah. I mean you said that right, Rodney. Is there is a uh, a God shaped uh, expanse or hole in every single one of us in our souls, and mm. uh, if it's not filled, it's going to be by God. It's going to be filled by something else. And God help us mm. if it's not yeah. Him. Yeah. 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 No. Hundred percent. Well, hey, I'm just curious what you guys think. I mean. So, you know, I've, I've, I've saw in the news, you know, related to this topic that we're just now talking about a little bit. And, um, you know, it seems like our legislatures have once again have are, are failing us in not addressing the real issue, which is really what I believe to be a, a mental health issue. Um, and, and, you know, I've talked to a lot of people, I've, you know, a lot of the folk that I come in contact with on a daily basis. And, you know, it's amazing that you've got two very um um, you know, right ditch, left ditch, right? And and so everybody in the right ditch is saying, my ditch is better than your ditch. And everybody in this ditch is saying, no, my, my ditch is better than your ditch. And, but, you know, but everybody's in a ditch. Yeah. So, you know, what I hear, and, you know, it's all the, the gun legislation, you know, we've got to do away with the, the black rifle. Um, you know, it's all about legislating um, morality uh, or trying to, you know, putting forth legislation that basically is in violation of our, of our, um, our constitution, the second amendment and, and trying to, you know, let's get rid of guns. That'll solve the problem. What do you guys think about that? Hey, I mean, what's your take on that? Uh, if I could use uh, a quote from uh, a famous document, uh, a well-regulated militia being necessary <laughs> to the security of a free state, the right of a, of the, of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, so, I mean, on that note also is, you know, the rifle doesn't have uh, a moral stature. Uh, 
you know, it doesn't Correct, have yeah. a moral stature of its own. It's it's a it's a tool. That's what it is. A pistol, a yeah. knife, a bazooka, a Carl Gustav. These are tools. A vehicle. They're a vehicle. So they it, the problem is not the weapons, it's the morality. That's the problem. Well, I'm not you know, I'm not one of these like Second Amendment fanatic people. I mean, I you know, I, listen. I like to go out and shoot. Uh, I I enjoy the fact that um, I live in a country where I'm able to purchase and use guns and what have you. But I'm not one of these guys that oh, it's a weekend. I'm going out and shooting and everything else, and better not you know take my take my gun out of my dead freaking hand or whatever. But here's the deal: the, what we're discussing, it, which is a breakdown of society around us is exactly the wrong time to be disarming people. And I, and I hate to say it, but until we can sort of get our relationship as a country right, okay, with God and start embracing these core values of this country, okay, um, we need to be armed. And I think, I think less people will actually purchase guns. I think there'll actually be less guns out on the streets just as soon as people feel secure again and, and, and comfortable. Well, you can see that, obviously, when we had an uptick in nonsense. I mean, there was a rush on bullets and weapons. The, oh, the, yeah, of course. The yep. com- Rodney, you spent some time in gun shops. I'm just telling you, when you talk to these gun shop owners, they're telling you that a whole different crowd of folks are coming in buying guns, and they're irritated that they have to, you know, have waiting time yep. periods. and Because these are generally people who have been for gun control that are now going, I'm going, I'm buying me a gun, and I want it right now. And how do I and, – and show me how to shoot it. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of that. I mean, I actually talked to a, you know, just, just this week – um, just this past week, I, I spoke to a, to the owner of a ammunition manufacturer, manufacturing facility. And um, on Tuesday after Memorial Day, at 2 o'clock, he was completely sold out of 9mm ammunition based off of the comment that Joe Biden made on Monday. So I'm I mean, it's, for your guns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but you know, and 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 listen, it's it's bringing out the worst in us, and you know, in a in us, and so it's just a it's a difficult time. It's it's hard to to get your arms around it, but you know, I, I equate it to this. So let me ask you a question: What which, which vehicle has the most DUIs? Uh, yeah, it's a trick question. Uh, uh, Mazda Miata, pick, pickup truck. Yeah, yeah, right. So, so who who even knew there was such a thing? So, you know, what, what a crazy question to ask. Which vehicle gets the most DUIs? Yeah. You know, or driving while impaired, or driving under the influence? It's the Dodge Ram. I mean, like overwhelmingly, the Dodge Ram twenty five hundred has the highest rate of DUI violations. I can well, see that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Some crazy I mean, trivia I, on the Pine Lander today. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, like, a, that's no, like the you. quintessential redneck truck. Come on. But, okay, let's just be let's real. Go, <laughs> but, right, and, right. And they, so, well, and they probably know what color, too. God bless them. You know, I'm a, red, so, I'm a fellow redneck, so I, I got it. <laughs> so let's follow that logic for a second. So, you know, the same logic that's being applied to, you know, to the Second Amendment. So, you know, the black rifle is evil. It's scary. Um, hey, here's, a, here's an idea. Let's get rid of all Dodge Ram 2500s and DUIs will go away. 
There you go. Because my statistic tells me that more more Dodge Ram 2500s, as an example, will get will get DUIs. So let's just let's just get rid of them. And and so what what we're not doing is we're not we're still we're not addressing the problem, which is behavior, and yeah. people understanding that there's consequences to their actions. And you know, more gun legislation. Listen, criminals criminals are lawbreakers. I mean, by definition. So if you know, what makes you think that passing a new law is going to, you know, regulate how a criminal, uh, somebody who, who, who is planning to break the law, is going to react to the law. So it's just, to me, I, I, see, I see Washington spending a lot of time on the wrong part of the problem. And really, it comes back to is really where we started, which is, you know, family values and, and the core of the family. But. Yeah. That's no, that, yeah. that, see that's the hard see that's the hard thing to fix though uh, and that's the thing that doesn't get really fixed by politicians. Um, Why do you think that is, Mike? Well, I mean, listen. What do you think, what do you think the play is here? Now, I'll, well, I'll just I'll say it that way. Well, I mean, I well, what what is the play? Um, the the play is. I'm I'm almost at the point where I I I don't think any you know both sides are not going to get happy here, um, and there's definitely uh, a large divide, um, kind of where we're at um, mm. in in America. And I'm almost I'm almost thinking we we almost need to kind of let them have their territory and their values and let them, you know create the kind of country and utopia that they're looking to create and that mm. we need to be allowed to do the same. And, and, and it's almost, I'm almost at the point that it, maybe the country needs a nice amicable <laughs> divorce. Um, mm. There's times when you're looking at a couple and you're, you have to just tell the couple, it's like, you know, you guys are just incompatible and uh, you know, you're beating the crap out of her and, 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 you know, she's cheating on you and you know, it's, it's not going to get resolved. And, you guys probably just need a divorce. Go about your separate ways, and and, and uh, good luck. I sure hope it doesn't come to that. And I honestly. and I and I yeah. hope it doesn't either. But you got to admit, I mean, um, it doesn't seem to be there. Doesn't seem to be that middle that 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 desire to sort of find that happy middle anymore. Hey, I, let me go here. Somebody had to go here, right? Uh, it is uh, by. Um, Pew Research, okay, it is estimated between uh, 75 to 80% of the U.S. population in the 1770s were churchgoers, okay? Mm. Uh, what do you think that number is today, percentage-wise? Oh, but it's less than 30. Yeah. So I'm going to drop the mic right there. Uh, if you got wow. people that go to church, like you said, they go to church once in a while, but it reflects not just going to church and a denomination and all of the nonsense. I'm talking about the, the exercise of the Christian faith in this country, okay, by 70, 80% of the population. Now, granted, our population has gone through the roof, and we have, you know, other religions here too. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, you know, uh, worship according to your faith. I'm just saying, if it's, uh, I'm, I will say this: the Judeo-Christian ethic is what has kept our country intact, blessed, and Amen. under wraps. 
So when we lower that wall of God's restraining law, then we invite chaos. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah well, that's the number one problem. That's when, it. When, when was the last time we had a huge revival in this country? When, when, are we due up for another one? Probably Billy Graham was, you know, yeah. I mean, you'd have to go back probably, you know, for a big revival like that, probably, yeah. um, well, probably back 20, 30, 30, 40 years. What, what, do you, what do you think, Paul? I would say just to use church history, the first great awakening was in the 1750s, 60s, mm. 74. And you, you're talking uh, George Whitfield, uh, John Wesley, Jonathan Edwards, uh, those types of folks up and down the East Coast uh, where you had people were recharged spiritually and they packed those churches and it did something. Now that was before the revolution and, you know, people could argue, you know, right, wrong or different. Uh, I think that was a good thing that we had a revolution and that we have freedom and not tyranny. Uh, so, uh, but my whole point is this, uh, by the numbers and by percentage wise, uh, the amount of people that affected back then was exponential. It was enormous. Uh, and we've had some revivals in our country since then, some big ones, but that one was a big one. And I think that we need a big we're, one like yeah, that. Yeah, I think I, yes, that's really kind of what I'm asking is, yeah. I mean, I think we are certainly in to need. To recover. We are certainly in need of something of that magnitude. Yeah. yeah. Today. To people, so that people are awakened to uh, the presence of God, his law, that there's a judgment, all those things that, Billy, as you said, Billy Graham would tell you. You know, there's a judgment. Get right with God. All those good things. I think that's what makes America great. Just to go off on a little short tangent, and I'm almost done here, because this is a long-winded uh, diatribe I'm on. But we've we've mentioned this many times. Alexis de Torqueville. I I think I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. But yeah, or Alexis de Tocqueville. Yeah. Uh, uh, Democracy in America, right? You know, he's a Frenchman that came here and saw the U.S. Uh, antebellum uh, state of this country. He remarked on a lot of awesome things, but he said America is great because she's good. Exactly. That's it. America's great because she's good. And he also said when America ceases to be great, she will no longer be good. Or excuse me, it's no longer no longer yeah, good, she'll no longer be great. Excuse me. Had a, exactly. had and a that's Biden moment at. there. And that's where we're at. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's that's where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm 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 with you. I mean and so, you know, I think about like, you know, kind of as the as the conversation began, um, you know, I think about an old, there's an old adage, you know, hard, hard time, hard times create hard men, right? Yeah. You guys have heard that. So it's yeah. hard, hard times create hard men, hard men create easy times, easy times create soft men, yeah. soft men create hard times. And that's and where I, we're I, at. <laughs> and I think that's, I think that's where we're at. I yeah. think we're at the, at the, um, you know, the cusp, at the peak of that. Yeah, or, you know, yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think a lot of it is, is due to kind of what we were talking about before is the influences um, that are over our minds right now. I, I truly believe there's a spirit of deception in the land. Uh, you know, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. And, you know, the accuser, the accuser of the brethren who accuses day and night um, is has got our minds divided. Um, you know, going back to the, the comment that we made about you know, relativism and lack of absolute truth. And I think all those things are, are kind of creating what we see now is this, is this, uh, this victim mentality. And, and what always comes with a victim mentality, a sense of entitlement. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I think that there's a, you know, everybody's a victim and, and, you know, that's kind of where, that's kind of where a lot of people are 
in this country. And I think we got there um, by influence. Yeah, yeah, that's I agree. Throwing that out there. Hey, yeah. just to, okay, I, I, and I want I know we want to move on to, but uh, just to cap that last thought we had is, uh, you know, and this is often said that there were, you know, some people say we have more guns in this country than we ever had before. I don't really know, but the, when you when you look at the amount of guns per capita, I, I, I would argue there was a lot, there were probably more guns per capita in those early days of the U.S., 1770s and 80s or what have you. Uh, but why were there not more mass shootings? Why didn't you have uh, school shootings in the 1770s and 80s? Because people, exactly. Yeah, because people were good. Yeah, people were good. And here's the thing. The people that used those freedoms that we have, the problems aren't our freedoms, is uh, the understanding of why we have those freedoms. Because they're God-given freedoms. They're inalienable rights. And right. when you understand that God gives those freedoms and you understand you know, how to use those freedoms, then you don't have these extremes. And when you have these freedoms and you say, well, there's no restraint, well, then, well, my God, man. You know, where, where are you going to go? And then, you know, of course, you in the cauldron, you, you throw these other ingredients of, of uh, yeah. uh, mental illness and uh, unrestricted, uh, I mean, just nonsense. Yeah, I it's think, heavy, Paul. Yeah. I think, I think you're, you're absolutely right, um, Rodney. When you, when you talk about this, is kind of the, where we're at, which is, um, you know, weak men and uh, yeah, just put, just easy put times. It, okay. We have broader shoulders for reasons. Put it where it needs to go. And, so that's that's where we're at. I think if we looked on the you know on the scale there, that's exactly where we're at. I, I would say that I think it's going to get uh, times are going to continue to get bad. Okay, I don't you know, but I'm going to be an optimist here, and I and I think we will come out of the trough on the other end, and I think we'll be stronger. Uh, certainly have stronger men uh, that will uh, either make it through these hard times or not. Okay, fall to the side because that's what happens. It's you know natural selection, if you will. Um, saw a video of a guy in Jamaica. I don't know if you guys saw this. It was hilarious. This guy was playing with this lion at the zoo. He just kept messing with it, kept messing with it and everything, and <laughs> stuck his finger in there, you know. And that lion got a hold of that dude's finger, okay? And and that's just kind of where we're at. So, you know, you look at that guy and you go, yeah, he, he, you know, he was going to lose a finger, bottom line. I mean, he, you know, you weren't going to keep – you weren't going to talk him out of it. He's just an idiot. So we're, there's going to be some idiots during this process that are going to lose fingers. Um but at the end of it, we're going to come out the other side. I think we're going to be better and stronger. Um, but right now, I think the time is to, to do exactly what what you're talking about, Rodney. Which, which is, you know, mind to your family, mind to your friends, mind your your community, uh, weather the storm, get as strong as you, you you can, have an excellent relationship, improve your relationship with God, um, and just realize kind of where you're at, you know, and where where the cycle is. Yeah, hundred percent. Excellent, hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. And hope we don't lose too much of our liberty liberty in the process. That we come out the other side and still have these freedoms that we consider American. Yeah. What do they do in the army when uh, you know you guys screw up and they say, "Well, that's why you can't have nice things." Now, are you going to lose this thing? Right, there's a mass punishment. Yeah. yeah, you lose the yeah. privilege because you have too many people acting like animals. Right, and then yep. now you lost this nice privilege. And yeah. we all and we all collectively suffered, right? Yeah, there was no individualism. Yeah. In that. So that's what I see with this: is you know you can't. That's my whole thesis: is 
we had guns and knives and all cannons or whatever the heck you want. Uh, but there was, uh, it was all restrained by the law of God and people well, understood that. So, you know, if, if people, if there's no law, cause I'm sounding like a broken record here, but how do you, how do you reinstate that? Well, I think part of the problem here, and I'll just say this is I'm a church goer. I'm a pastor. I think the church has uh, been largely at fault and the church has been falling silent as the, the, uh, the conscience of the state and mm. is just allowing the state to just regulate everything. And the church cedes more and more territory, uh, just to go off on a short tangent with, uh, now there's some great things out there, but I'm just saying, these are the purview of the church, such as I'm going to say counseling. Counseling is a purview of the church. Okay. Now you could you get some great counseling out there from secular counseling but you're going to get a worldview that's secular and not God-centered, arguably. You've got, uh, you know, drop-off uh, clothes and uh, shoes and stuff at, like, uh, you probably see that at Food Line or Paley Wiggly or whatever. Sure. Uh, that's the purview of the church. You go to the church to get stuff that you need to get help, and then you have more people. My whole point is this. The church just kind of says, well, we just do our little service on Sunday, and it's a rock concert, and I'm just I'm being heavy-handed here, sorry. Uh, and then it doesn't do these other things like be in the hands and feet of Christ. And then you have uh, less, uh, you know, you make less of an effort in the community and you just kind of say, well, let the community do its own thing and just give over more and more to the state and let the state figure out what we're going to do okay. and think and say and what's right and what's wrong. Okay, there's so, no pushback. Yeah, so here's, here's fix number one. Let's get rid of all of the government-provided services, right? Uh, uh, health and human services, what have you. Okay, put all that on the the back of our religious organizations. So we're not, we're not we're not taking care of your families anymore. You're not getting food stamps. You're not getting anything from the government anymore. You're going to have to go to your local church. And, and you, you picked a denomination. It doesn't matter. But put all that back on the burden of the church. You used to be there originally. Yeah, that's my point. And now, then, then the, here's the other thing: is uh, which church is going to go ahead? Now, now, there's a lot of great churches across this country that do awesome things. Now, mine does it too. We have soup kitchens. We give away free clothing. We help people with counseling. Everything is free ninety nine at our church. All right. Uh, now, now, I'm not saying you're not supposed to charge for some things that would help with the normal upkeep of the church. I'm not saying that. Sometimes when they someone pays a little something, then it actually they're more responsible for that thing. I'm, I'm not trying to make a blanket statement. I'm, I'm just saying the church is not involved as as much as it used to be, or as much as it should be, as much as it should be. Yeah. And I'm saying that as a churchgoer and as a a pastor for the last uh, twelve years, and someone who's grew up in the church, and I've just seen the church do less and less and less and less. And I'm saying I'm responsible for this too. So if more churches do more, you know, take more responsibility for this and to uh, to have their voice heard and to give some pushback to this stuff. Every time you see, you hear something from the government, you hear nothing from the church. And and then the only time you hear something, and I'll, I'll just say this, is with the woke agenda, right? When you have something that's uh, controversial, like, well, you know, this church flies a rainbow flag and they say, hey, they're all for whatever, Right. And you don't hear a lot of pushback from other churches, and they're just silent. Well, and there's nothing there. Well, Paul, we've all heard the uh, 
separation of church and state, which of course doesn't even exist. Yeah, that well, came after doesn't the, exist. That came after the Constitution. Uh, a, that got, came, that is not a biblical. I got, statement I, well, I got a pocket of I got a you know pocket Constitution right here. You know, tell me, well, what, tell me, tell me what also, page. It's also being yeah, it's also tell, being applied incorrectly. It's, yeah, it's, tell, it's, tell me what page that's on. It's actually the reverse. There, yeah, I mean, there is a good aspect of that. There's a good aspect of the separation of church and state. Yeah, sure. A religious test, I got But it. the problem is you have, because I don't want to make everybody Baptist or right, Anglican right. or whatever. I got that. That's the whole point. And that was the initial point of that clause that's right. that Jefferson gave, right? And that, yeah, that's there, now, there shouldn't be a, a state-sponsored re- yeah, or a, that, a only sponsored religion. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the whole, the other thing is, hey, uh, my, my point, and I've been saying the whole time, is uh, the Constitution, our founding uh, documents— are you squeeze them out and you have biblical truth. And so you have the Bible in that. So you can't remove, ultimately you can't, if you remove the Bible and the God from our country, you have no country, you have no frame and it's going to collapse. Yeah, that's no, my, that's what I'm going to say. There's, there's no foundation for the built on a weak yeah. foundation. Right. Yeah. Right. Hey, one last thing. Let's, let's, um, just, just curious yeah. what, what, where you guys <laughs> are at on this. Hog wild on that one. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah. great. That's great. And I think it's great for the for the listeners as well, you know, to, to get that perspective. And I think you're so passionate about it and you speak truth. So um, so what do you think about what's going on with uh, Roe v. Wade? You know, that's kind of that's kind of fallen silent a little bit because of the, you know, the, the, the recent shooting and and the events with that. And so what do you guys think is going on there? I any I, any thoughts? Paul, my, yeah, my, my thoughts are, um, it was primarily a political tool. Mm. Um, and I think that the, I think that they're looking at the polling and I don't think, um, they got the sort of outrage that they were looking for or hoping for. Mm. Uh, I think we're kind of, which is good, but I think we're at this sort of point in time where uh, a vast majority of Americans just are not really comfortable with some of the practices that are going on in the in the in the abortion industry, and um, I think it was primarily the leak. Well, Roe, Roe versus Wade is just bad law. Okay, I don't care what side of the argument you're on on that. Um, it was just it was it's just bad law. Okay, um, but I think I think they thought they were going to get a little more uh, energy. Uh, from that leak of that decision and what they got. That, that's my that's my opinion. But that Rovers Ro, Ro, Ro Wade needs Rovers Ro, Ro Wade needs to go. Okay, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's not the purview of people in black robes to decide stuff like that. Well, and the, and the reason I bring that up is is because you know Paul, something that you said about that you know, the, and and both you guys. I mean, all of us. I think we agree on this collectively, and that is is that you know the church needs to do more. So, um, you know, I see this being an area where this is near, hopefully near and dear to all of our hearts. And that is that 63 million, you know, kids have been aborted since 1973. Um, And I'll throw into that. Yeah. yeah, Murdered. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, there's an outrage and listen, one kid dying in in Uvalde, I mean, it was too much, but you know, we've got a tremendous outrage against against this you know this guy that's that's mentally deranged that uh commits this horrific uh crime um it, it's terrible but but yet you know we're not talking about 
you know, we're not, not talking about Roe v. Wade and the fact that 63 million, um, you know, kids have been, lives have been aborted. Um, and then I'll throw another one in there, you know, just real quick. And that is, you know, fentanyl deaths in, in 2020 and 2021 were 120,000 people. Why are we not outraged about that? Yeah. Uh, in 2021, there were 100,000. In 2021 alone, there were 100,000 deaths wow. from fentanyl and meth overdoses. And I think I think that's these are areas. These are things that can be fixed. Yeah, brought in, no doubt, over our open border. Oh, uh, 100%. I mean, listen. Hopping and skipping it on in. Hey, now I, had to, I had to say this, too, because I don't want to miss, miss my chance. Uh, sure. Question for you. How many Americans died on September 11th? And the attacks, about three thousand. Yeah, about three thousand. I was I was going to say I was going to say thirty one hundred, but okay, three thousand. And three thousand Americans are murdered every day in their own September eleventh attacks and the abortion clinics across this country. So coming back to we yeah, need a, a revival. Yeah, a nine eleven every day, every day. Yeah, well, it's yeah. well, yeah. I, I yeah. mean, you're absolutely right, Rodney. I mean, in the greater San Antonio area, okay, in Texas. Uh, how many kids were aborted during that 24-hour period? We, we know Planned Parenthood targets, you know, poor communities. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's a racist agenda. Anybody it, with a brain knows. Dude, just look it up. I mean, I'm not yeah. even making this stuff up. Everybody knows yeah. it. Um, they just But you're right. It, I think it, I think it yeah. listen, if you don't think TV has an influence over us. Movies. If you, if you don't think yeah. all that stuff has an influence over you, well, you're absolutely right. You're saying, well, where's the outrage? Well, I'll tell you where the outrage is. It's because it's not pro, you're not programmed to be outraged. You have, no, we've been de- Mike, we've been desensitized. Desensitized. Yeah. And you're just, the only thing you're going to yeah. get excited about is what the, the person on TV yeah. tells you to get excited yeah. about. Hey, yeah. uh, and a, a, a short one here. Another um, symptom of where we're at is because we're so, confused about what God tells us and the existence of God and how he's speaking to us in his word and the church not being uh, voicing enough is we have to resort to lawyers uh, settling our disputes for everything. We need lawyers and bureaucrats and and, uh, politicians and liars uh, uh, politicking and and, uh, uh, deciding issues for us, like when life begins in the womb, uh, which gender can marry the other. Uh, you know, this, that, and the other. And that's decided not by the church, not by the word of God, but by these other slicky boys that make <laughs> tons of cash and drive these big cars and have these enormous lifestyles and care less about anybody else. And uh, But those are the people who are making these decisions for us. It's sad. Well, and that comes yeah. back to part of the original, you know, where we started, and that is, is, you know, is the government here for the people or is the people here for the government? <laughs> yeah. And I think... I think until we until we collectively uh, realize the answer to that question, hence the I think, Second Amendment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's there's going to there's going to continue to be divisiveness, um, and I think listen, I'm going to say this with with hopefulness in my heart because uh, because I believe that um, that we're more alike than we are different, and I believe if yeah. if. If we if if we if we really um, um, think about it, uh, we'll realize the commonalities and the fact that that we're in this together and this is a community. Yeah. Um, no matter yeah. you know, we're, we're a community and we're we're life is a team sport. You know, I know that's cliche, but but life is a team sport and we need one another and we need community. 
yeah. we need we need one another to lean on to to encourage one another. And so, you know, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that I'm with you. I, I know and I know that this is the greatest country on the face of the planet. I've Amen. been to many others. Um, and, and I can say with 100 percent assurance, this is the greatest country on the face of the earth. I would just hate to see it uh, deteriorate any more than we've allowed it. And I say we with a capital W, uh, then we've allowed it to, to deteriorate. And right. so we need to we need to join hands, come together and and definitely uh, make a difference. Amen. And that's that's really been our sentiment and our call to uh, men and women of uh, equal faith. Uh, as we often say, is uh, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for a good man to do nothing. So we just mm. do nothing and then it triumphs. So we have to do something. We have to take a stand uh, or fall for anything. So we have to take a stand for what's right. And we know what's right. Those, yeah. uh, like you said, those who have that God-shaped hole filled, uh, those who have found peace uh, knowing God, and uh, knowing what's right, and knowing the principles that made this country free, and we know why this country's blessed. Uh, it wasn't because uh, you know luck, okay, uh, no. or we were just really skilled tactically. I mean, we basically should have lost, okay. <laughs> I mean, if you look at it, it was just partisan warfare, and we wore them down. But it was because we're blessed, and uh, I believe God wanted this place to exist. And I believe it's a shining light to the rest of the world and that we actually restrain wickedness around the world. So God help us if we can't restrain our own wickedness. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. You know, to your point about um, about, you know, what is right. You know, one of the premises going back to the original part of this conversation is how did you raise your kids? I mean, I had a lot of little one liners that I would that I would tell my kids. And one of them was always take the hard right over the easy wrong. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and so, so there may be difficulty ahead, Mike, to your point earlier, you know, there's going to be some difficult times. Sometimes it has to get harder before you realize the fruits of your labor. But listen, that's the law of the harvest. You reap what you sow more than you sow later than you sow always. So mm -hmm. one of the things I would say, you know, kind of as we, as we wrap up is, you know, it's, it's time to get into the field, you know, and let's let's start planning. Let's start, you know, putting seeds and planting seeds of, you know, being an encourager, um, you know, be active in the community. Find those young men and young women that are that are struggling, that are you know dealing with anxiety, that are from single parent homes or mm -hmm. whatever. And yeah. and let's let's you know let's show them love. Yeah. Um, you know, let's let's have relationship with them. Nobody else will. Yeah. 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 You're yeah. right. You're right. So I think that's the, I think that's the key, you know, uh, and if we're looking to Washington to fix our problems, unfortunately, I'm afraid we're all going to be disappointed because, yeah, yeah, for sure. Rodney, why don't you take us out in prayer if you don't mind? Man, I would love to. That would be mm, fantastic. Very nice. Man, Father God, we just come to you. I thank you for this time together with friends. Uh, Lord, I pray this prayer that you would enlighten what has darkened me, strengthen what has weakened me. Mend what is broken in me, bind what is bruised in me, heal what is sick in me, uh, revive in me uh, whatever peace and love has died in me. And Lord, I just I thank you and praise you. I know that you're going to do great things. Uh, Lord, may we just come to you with our all of our problems um, and lay them down at the foot of the cross, Lord, knowing that uh, we can't expect you to carry our burdens until we lay them down. 
In Christ's name I pray, amen. Amen. Amen, brother. Rodney, this has been great, man. I appreciate you spending uh, an hour with us here in the the G-Base. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm a better man for it. Thank you, Rodney. Hey, me as well. Me as well. Looking forward to spending some time with you guys in the future one-on-one. That'd be great. We'll do it. Yeah, I think we're going to probably take a road trip here pretty soon and maybe go and uh, check out Racing for Heroes or something. That'll be fun. Yeah, take the G-Base on a road trip. There you go. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you, Rodney. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Pine Lander Podcast. Uh, If you enjoy our content and unique perspective, we hope you'll check out our sponsors. Blacksmith Publishing has been uh, serving the warrior class since 2013. We've got titles by warriors written for warriors. If you're looking for some cool stuff to wear, head on over to uh, the general store located at pinelander1776.com. Until our next meeting, remember to keep your head on a swivel, stay mentally and tactically smart, physically and spiritually strong, and socially astute. Viva la Pineland, viva la resistance.